Featuring Young and Shameless, pop star Tasha Taylor returns with a new sound in her brand new music. When I'm with you. Forever admitted. You say you're not affected, living off adrenaline. And take me out. Listen now at soundcloud.com slash Tasha Taylor Music. Nerd Talk. Dork Talk. Real Talk. The coolest podcast ever. The Kenny Ho Show. It's showtime. Life is short, so while we're here, let's nerd out! Hey, hey, what up? How you doing? It's old Kenny here for another episode of the coolest podcast ever. How are you? Hey, do you live in Toronto? And if you do, did you go to Comic-Con? Like, what did you think? Now, did you go last year or the year before? I think this is the third year. And to me, it was the same as last year, which is not a bad thing. Like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Like, it was to the point where I'm pretty sure most of the vendors were the same as last year. Like, you've got your giant t-shirt shop kind of right in the middle there, and then you walk down for a couple of minutes, and there's another giant t-shirt shop. I know the sword guys were exactly where they were last year. So it's great for these vendors that they know each and every year they got a place to go, but the problem with that is, if it's the same thing every year, what's the point of me showing up? Pretty soon there won't be a reason for me to show up annually. Maybe this becomes a biannual thing. And part of why that might be a good idea is because there's a lot of people that showed up. I don't remember it being that busy last year. Although, to be fair, I did go on a Friday. Like, Friday is like an afternoon thing. People are still at work. So I understand the difference of time. It's really difficult to maneuver through the, the pathways there. But with that being said, the atmosphere is great. I mean, everybody's there for the same reason as I was. You know, for the most part, these are my type of people. You know, just cool nice people that were there to geek out nerd out have fun this is one of the very few places in the world where i don't get judged where i actually look normal i fit right in and there's a lot of really friendly cosplayers that show up and whenever i asked for a photo with them they didn't think twice they're just like yeah of course really really friendly people i mean i guess that would be the draw every year to meet new cosplayers or if even if they're cosplayers that i see every year who knows we can all be friends or something although there was one stormtrooper that got a little too friendly and i don't want to be his friend or anything for that matter i asked buddy for a photo and like everybody that i took a photo with you know i was respectful not to put my arms around them i stood next to them but the stormtrooper puts his hand on me and it's not like on my shoulder or on my back or anything It's on the upper part of my ass. I'm like, uh, what's going on here? 
I I hope it was by accident because he's in a stormtrooper costume and he was pretty tall. Maybe he didn't know where his hand was going, but I was like, uh, this is really awkward. Like, am I going to pull a Luke Skywalker here and whoop a stormtrooper's ass? And like my buddy taking the photo, like he was struggling with the camera. So of all the pictures and of all the people to struggle with, he struggles with the time some dude's got his hand on my ass. So it was there for a long time and I and I didn't want to look angry in the photo so I was trying to smile. I'm like this needs to end real soon because I don't want to give this guy the wrong idea that I like what's going on. But unfortunately, my buddy finally asked me, "Hey, what's up with the camera?" I I stepped off so the buddy had to take his hand off of me and then when I went back, he's put his hand on his gun. And that's not euphemism for anything. No, like he was carrying a blaster, right? So he put his put it either, right put his other hand back on his blaster took a photo and left me with a little scar on my mind and yeah you know if you've been listening to the Kenny Ho show you know I have the utmost respect and pretty much strictly only positive things to say when I talk about the nerd community whether it's Comic-Con or or Anime North I haven't been to Fan Expo but I'm going to assume it's the same thing I usually talk about how cool everybody is, but you know what? I don't want to bamboozle you. Not everybody's cool. Like, take, for instance, one dude. This dude was, like, stereotypical, lives in his mama's basement, never touched a booby in his life type of dude. Yeah, talks like this, you know. And, buddy, as I'm talking to this uh, cosplayer to ask for a picture... Like, he just steps in, and he starts chatting her up, and, and he and he just hands me his phone. Like, he doesn't he doesn't stop me. Like, he expects me to take his photo. I'm like, buddy, it wouldn't hurt you to have some manners here. And then after I take the photo, I hand it back to him. No thank you, nothing. I'm like, dude, you need to work on your social skills. Because if, you, if you're a nerd and you're not nice, people are going to hate you. And when you give them reason to hate you, I ain't going to defend you, bud. And this guy, like, five minutes later, I was at a stand buying some posters. And again, he comes by and he's, like, trying to chat up the girl at the freaking counter. And she's not having it. She's trying to be nice, but the second he turns his back to look at product, she's, like, looking away, like, rolling her eyes. And I told my buddy, I'm like, don't ever let me get this deep. Don't ever let me sound like this guy. Like, I don't have a lot of game, but I hope when I talk to girls, they don't look away Wondering, when the hell is this guy going to leave my stand? And there must be a lot of jabronis, because there was a sign that actually said, uh, keep your hands to yourself. Taking photos with cosplayers is a privilege, not a right. Something like that, right? I guess there's some handsy nerds who are like, I'm never ever going to get to touch a girl's ass. Who's like, I've never ever been this close to an attractive woman before. Especially one who's half-naked. Let me take this opportunity to goose her. No, sir. At that point, if she puts a katana to your throat, you had it coming. But anyway, enough about the negative. I did have a lot of fun. There was a lot of cool stuff that, even though I didn't buy, was cool to see. And I did buy a lot of stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Because Comic-Con is basically... Well, Toronto Comic-Con anyway. It's not like San Diego Comic-Con where, like movies go to do screenings and stuff it's not even like anime north where there's lots of rooms to to have gatherings and stuff no it's strictly for vendors to sell their stuff like it really is paying 30 bucks to go and do shopping to do hundreds of maybe even thousands of dollars of shopping 
But you know what? It's fine. I mean, if it starts getting up to like 50 bucks to get in, then I think I stop doing it. At that point, I just go to Fan Expo because Fan Expo also has vendors, but they also have all the cool interactive and like movie type stuff. But say what you will about Toronto Comic Con, you know, it'd be nice if there are a few more things to do other than just shop and, you know, take photos with cosplayers or doing it on their own time and dime. But Toronto Comic Con kills. And now this isn't something I can say of a recent Comic Con, but when I was in Vancouver, I went to Vancouver Comic Con. As a kid then, I was just fresh out of theater school and I was over there visiting some friends and I got a flyer for Vancouver Comic Con. I'm like, oh my God, I got to go to this. So me and my buddy go and it's in like a freaking church. You like pay $10 to get in and it's just literally a few vendors with tables full of old junk crap that won't sell to the store. So they try to sell it off at a discount, make a couple bucks off of it. And that's it. There's no cool displays. There's no cool promos. There's no giveaways. There's no cosplayers. There's nothing. It's just bullshit. Now I'm assuming Vancouver has stepped up their game since and has like a decent Comic-Con. But from when I was there, it was night and day. Like everything they sold there, you could get anywhere else. Whereas Toronto, you can buy swords and stuff. And I managed to pick up a few collectibles that I've never seen anywhere else. And that's... You gotta do at least that. If you're gonna make it 30 bucks to enter the shop, you better make it worth my while. And my favorite thing about Comic-Con is the amount of two small shirts on two big people. It turns out only at Comic-Con am I considered fit. Only at Comic-Con are girls like, You're a size large? You mean no access behind it? Take down my baby I'm or telepathically message me. Yes, it turns out compared to all the fatties at Comic-Con who are diabetic or at least borderline diabetic and on the verge of a premature death, I'm a stud. Me. Can you believe it? Oh my God. People, get your life together. The Caddy Ho Show, episode 63. We talk about all kinds of stuff. It's one of those episodes. Already or not, it's showtime. Let's go. Now, I'm not going to get into it because it's a week late. Here, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I recorded an episode 63 last week. Full thing, talking about the Civil War trailer, the new Lara Croft movie, and one other thing. But I also built it in a way where it had a few bits that required a helping hand. It required one of my friends to lend me a voice. And I'll just put it this way. You know, I asked... I asked a friend, a woman, I asked a woman to do something I wanted. I asked a woman that I care about to partake in my life. I asked a woman to join me in a cause that would likely benefit her, in this case at least career-wise, something to put on her demo reel. And, well, if you've listened to the Kenny Ho Show enough, you add all of those things up, and you know how well it turned out. Let's just say there's a reason why I do a one-man show. In life, I've learned that if you want to do something right, you gotta do it yourself. Don't get me wrong. I know I could do more entertaining podcasts if there was other people on the show. I look at the ratings for this past season and that's that's clear. You know, I had a ton of fun doing Nerdtastic and Scarlet Speedster. And it's nice not hearing my voice for 25 minutes alone. It's nice to get an Amanda in there or Brian... And there's supposed to be more Scarlet Speeds there. I don't know what the hell happened. There's supposed to be a Made of Might podcast with Amanda, but 
It's almost like an attractive woman stopped taking my texts, pretended that I don't exist, and not give a rat's ass about how I feel. Like, if I weren't as wise as I am, if I thought this this could be a thing that... I would say I think that's what Amanda's doing, but I know better. I'm pretty sure that alligator did eat her phone. Let this be a lesson to you. If you ever go safariing out, if you ever go to Africa for a safari, despite 20 grand in student debts, but your grandma's like, you know, here's... Don't worry about that. Let me send you on vacation and you go... Be careful when you go tomb raiding, because there's going to be alligators, and if you drop your phone, they'll eat it. But anyway, that's a really long way of me getting around to talking about Civil War like I did last week. So as I said, not going to really get into it. All I got to say is, it's a hell of a lot better, at least the trailer, is a hell of a lot better than the Batman vs. Superman one. After the first Batman vs. Superman one, I'm like, yep, I was right all along. Wrong casting, wrong casting. Doomsday, a little early for him. But whereas with Civil War, I'm like, holy crap, this is one brilliant, moody, epic trailer for a movie that hopefully fits the bill with everything I just said. And I know Spider-Man, his appearance was supposed to blow the roof off of this thing, but you know what? I don't know, I'm not impressed. I know they're taking it back to high school, but come on, this kid sounds like he's 12 years old. And that suit, like, why Why is his eyes closing? That's, that's, that's his part of his suit. Those aren't his eyes. That's like a throwback, and I think the whole suit in general is like a throwback to that really shitty 60s cartoon. You know the one I'm talking about. The one where he's, like, web-slinging through the top of the city, like, beyond rooftops. So, what, does he have a helicopter silently flying by on top of him? And the answer is yes. That's how that worked. Come on. And in the Lost episode, which... If this ever catches on, and I live fast and die young, they'll release as the Lost episode, or I'll release it when I got too much on my plate that week and I hadn't done a Kenny Ho show in three months. But yes, on this Lost episode, I also talked about Daisy Ridley talking to MGM about the Laura Croft reboot. And last week I said, hey, that's a good call. She's like a relative unknown. Okay, she's in Star Wars, but... Everybody knows her as Rey. I think I could pass by her on the street and not realize it's her. But then again, two Star Wars movies from now, that might be different. But today, she's a relative unknown, but they could advertise her as Rey from Star Wars. And that's going to get a lot of eyeballs on this movie. So I think it's a great call. She doesn't look like the original Lara Croft with the, the big guns and the, the, the booty shorts. But she would be perfect for the new Lara Croft in the in the rebooted games who looks you know like more realistic like closer to an average i wouldn't say average woman still a babe still above average but in a way that is believable now as much as i think it's a good idea i i prefer if she waited a few years to do this movie because i don't want it to delay any of the star wars even this delay of a few months I'm not exactly happy about, so I, I would not be happy if they delayed two years because of her filming schedule. At that point, I'll just kill Ray off. I'm, I'm cool. Just make a Luke movie, I'm down. So as long as they wait a few years, great. But if not, go with someone else. I'm a big believer in having an actor only get one major movie franchise at a time anyway. Like when Christian Bale was doing Batman and john connor at the same time I'm like i don't think it's fair i think there's so many good actors that could have done that role that he didn't need to have the terminator franchise as well and it didn't do well 
maybe because his heart wasn't in it or whatever. And I feel like if they wait a few years, for sure they're going to have her 100% focused on the movie. But if they don't, they could have another Mick G Terminator on their hand. And whereas last week this was just a rumor, this week it's confirmed that she's in talks for it. She's just waiting for someone to say, I want you, let's do it. Now, if I ran the studio, I would tell her that. And then I'd tell her to do the movie. Ah, ah, knee slapper. Elon Musk is getting divorced from his sexy actress wife. I was kind of surprised to hear that he was married to a sexy actress, but I don't know why. He's like a billionaire and... Nah, I ain't saying she a gold digger. But reading the article about this, I was very disappointed to find out that it turns out Elon Musk is a bit of a piece of shit, or at least he used to be, because this is his second marriage. The second time he's trying to divorce her, first of all, it's like, get the job done the first time, son. Because you just lost three years. You could have married another woman in that amount of time. You could have married Gwyneth Paltrow and realized she's a crazy bitch and divorced her too in the amount of time that you tried to work on this marriage. But no, why I'm disappointed is because in his first marriage, Buddy had five kids. And when he dumped that woman, he tried to leave them with nothing. Here's a dude who co-founded PayPal. So he's had billions of dollars for a really long time and he tried to leave his wife and kids broke. No, I don't give a crap how you're changing the world. You don't do that. Like, I'm a pretty open-minded person, but this is where I draw the line. Well, I think a stormtrooper touching my ass is where I draw the line. But this is further than that. This is worse than that. But I can't blame him because I'm pretty sure he's from the future. And in the future, I'm sure they have no morals. What do you mean future, Kenny? No, it's because, like, I feel like he's like Booster Gold. He comes from the future where all this stuff has already been invented. And he just comes back here, moves up the timeline... And takes credit for crap that he didn't invent. Didn't Tesla do the same thing? Tesla cars. Ah, I see what you're getting at. Well played, good sir. Now, have you seen the Divergent series or read the books? Me neither. I didn't read the books. But I have seen the first two movies, Divergent and Insurgent. Now comes Allegiant, the two-part finale of the Divergent series. And I get this. It made about half of what the first two movies did opening weekend at the box office. It made just shy of 30 million domestically. Like when Zac Efron heard that they bombed, he's like, oh, please, less than 2.9 million. No, bud. No one will ever do as poorly as you and your decisions to make shitty movies. Like Zac Efron should have been in Divergent. He would have been perfect for the role. Cast Corbin Blue in the part that frickin' Miles Douchebag Teller plays. Much bigger movie. We'd be talking about $100 million coming out of this weekend. But anyway, yeah, Legion made $30 million domestically, but then like 50 mil worldwide. So they're going to make their money. Their budget was only $110 million. But it's still really great to see them take a hit because these jabronis try to milk us. They split up the final book. There's three books. And they tried to make it into four movies. And I'm glad people are like, nope, we see what you're doing. We're not doing this. When you hit Netflix, then we'll talk. I hope this doesn't make a lot more money. And I hope the next one, part two, takes even a bigger hit. Now, it'd be crappy if they're like, oh, yeah, we're just not going to release the last one. We're not going to make money on it. Then that would suck because I want to see how the story plays out. Because you know what? The first two movies were pretty good. Like, it's not going to win any awards. Well, maybe a couple Teen Choice Awards, but they're fun to watch. They're pretty well done. 
What's her name? Shy Shailene Woodley or whatever. A Canadian girl, right? I think she was on Degrassi. Not very attractive. She's like a poor man's Jennifer Lawrence who's a poor man's something. Yeah, but she, I thought she did a good job. She was a good piece of casting. I thought she was good enough for, you know, to be in the movie. She's I. But you know what I'm surprised by? I don't know how she became a star and I think her name was Emma on the show. I don't know how that girl didn't become a big star. Like, she looked the part. And from what I understand, she's a pretty cool girl. I don't think she's a bitch or anything. Very, very surprised she's not a big star. Like, if it was Zac Efron and Emma from Degrassi doing Allegiant, again, we'd be talking about $110 million opening weekend. I need to get into Hollywood. Let me make some questionable decisions. It has to be better than greenlighting that pan movie or whatever that came out a few months ago. But yeah, I hope this Allegiant, I wouldn't say box office flop, but for them to take in half as much money, I hope it puts an end to this part one, part two nonsense. Like if it's a massive story and you and it can't be told in one, of course. But here's the thing, if they can fit in seven Civil War books... Granted, it's not exactly the same as the books it's just inspired by. If you can fit in content from seven books, though, into one movie, then I don't know how many stories out there require more than one movie to tell it. Remember that time they were like, those Kim K picks broke the internet and it didn't? Pretty sure it was just her team of soul-sucking, society-ruining, money-grubbing candy asses. I'm assuming they came up with that. Just to make this countless whatever seem more important, she actually is. And then she tried to quote-unquote break the internet again with a nude selfie, kind of nude selfie, but she blocked off everything. And again, they claimed that was going to break the internet, but no. Random nude selfie that really isn't all that nude because you're all covered up. A, you're not going to break the internet. B, makes you sound like an insecure teen. And C, makes you sound like an insecure teen that everyone at school will be like, uh uh-uh, not doable. The only photos that I would ever, that I would ever say could break the internet were these T-Swift and her special massage-loving boyfriend posted while they're on vacay. Did you see them? What did you think? Like... Where did this come from? Like, I've, as I said, I've said it before. Swifty, that's always been my girl. But to me, she was never like a hot babe. She was always like a cute girl. You know, that cute girl next door that you could be best friends with and also marry and have a couple kids with and grow old with. But now, look at that bod. Where did that come from? I don't know if it broke the internet, but it almost broke some veins in me. My goodness. Almost had a heart attack. So freaking hot. Now, it's wonderful to see Swifty finally in a relationship that has lasted longer than, like, two, three months. And I guess it's refreshing that this one's not going to result in any revenge music, revenge songs. Well, not yet, anyway. I'm sure if they visit Thailand and Buddy can't control the, you know, the happy endings rubdowns, there might be a couple songs about that. And I look forward to it. My favorite line in one of these songs will surely be... I hope you enjoyed the head-to-toe by those hands from that girly-looking man. Ooh-ooh, ooh-ooh-ooh. Have you seen the commercials for that Rush Hour TV show, this abomination? How does Firefly get, a, like, a, an 11-episode run, and this crap gets greenlit? And will probably be around for a season or two. I hope I'm wrong. 
I hope this show gets canceled within three episodes because it looks stupid. The Chris Tucker copycat, you know, he could do the voice, but look at his face. He's got zero facial emotions. It's like he learned acting from Anna Kornikova. And if that isn't bad enough, all of this looks stupid. The fact they're just basically redoing the movie but on TV is stupid. The casting is stupid. What's more stupid than that casting is this barely Asian-looking dude playing the Jackie Chan role. But he, he looks like a white dude. But apparently he's half. If that's the case, he's like a bar rail mixed drink. Mmm, this vodka seven tastes like they skipped the vodka. Like, I was so offended when I saw the commercial for the first time. Like, they have a white dude doing a Chinese accent like Jackie Chan. Oh, holy crap. Are they doing the Marlon Brando thing again? Where they have a white dude trying to look Asian and doing the voice. It is, by the way, one of the most offensive freaking things ever. And I thought they're repeating it. They're like, I think people have forgotten at this point. Let's do this again. Let's do something really offensive in mainstream media. <sighs> it just doesn't make sense. What, like, what do you think? Like, wouldn't you agree they could have gone down a different road with this? They could have had just like a reboot. They can go for the same kind of dynamic, whatever. You can even have the guy who sounds like Chris Tucker. But they could have gone... If they were going with this guy, half Chinese, half uh, white dude, half Irish, just have him speak normal English. It's like, oh, but he's from Hong Kong. Yeah, well, there's lots of people from Hong Kong who speak proper English. He could still be a Hong Kong cop, but without the freaking accent. Like, well, I guess what really bothers me is that to this day, like, we, we can accept... Not just accept, but praise Bruce Jenner for becoming a woman. You know, it's at the point where if you don't have a gay character on your show, it's almost certain you're going to fail. And black actors, despite what Spike Lee will tell you, they have plenty of roles and recognition in the industry. But like 40 years after Bruce Lee's The Legend Continues Kung Fu project was stolen from him and they cast David Carradine in the, in the lead role, because they didn't believe an Asian fella could carry a show. I can't believe things haven't changed at all in that department. They still don't think a fully Asian actor can lead a movie, can win at the box office. Here, I don't know about dramas. Like, I used to be a dramatic actor and I used to be a decent one, but I don't know. Now, you know what? It's probably not a good idea, judging, again, judging from the ratings of this season, to put a major franchise on my shoulders. But I'm not the greatest Asian actor to have ever lived. I don't know who that is. But when you're casting a kung fu show, when you're casting a martial arts show, you still won't trust an Asian person. You're just being stupid at that point, because who are the greatest martial artists in the world? Asian people. And I'm not talking about MMA and stuff. I mean, like, legit fighters who aren't basically human cockfighters. They're not fighting for money. You'll find them up in the mountains of Shaolin doing some legit kung fu. And there are a lot of really great Asian martial artists. If you can cast faux Chris Tucker from the school of Anna Kornikova, you could pick basically any good Asian fighter who can get away with being a half-decent actor. I think it's not too much of a stretch at that point. So it upsets me that this is still going on. Hashtag Oscars too white. Hashtag Oscars too black compared to every other race. And you know what? I think, I don't know who made the call at the end of the day to have Ninja Assassin, the, the, the work that Rain did. If you ever look up Ninja Assassin training, you'll see the work that Rain put in. He, he could legitimately do all those stunts by himself, yet they decided to go CG on a lot of things. And it took away from the, the brutality and artistry of the movie. 
And I think ultimately that's why I kind of failed at box offices and like had the Wachowski ladies been able to really tell a great story and do this the right way and trust in their lead. Maybe things would be different for Asian actors. Maybe Rain would be a huge North American star and that would open doors for guys like me. Well, maybe not guys like me, guys in shape and who still want to act. It'd change people's perspective, bare minimum. Or like Tony Jaa a few years ago. He's such a phenomenon, but he didn't learn English. Had he learned English, maybe things would be different. But whatevs, that's my rant for the day. Let's move on. Let's move on to the fact that Prince's Diaries 3 is coming. It's a thing. Gary Marshall, the director of the first two, confirms that he and Anne Hathaway, the star of the first two, are coming back for more. Which I'm a little surprised by because I remember distinctly Anne Hathaway being like, no, I'm done after this. Like, she's already queen after part two. Well, like, where do you go from there? Like, princess God or whatever? I don't know what changed her mind. Maybe she's got, because she's got one in the oven. You know, she wants to make movies for her kid or whatever now. Seems to be the way Hollywood goes. Or maybe because Disney wrote her a big fat paycheck and she's like, all right, let's do this. Either way, it's cool. Do another one. Like, I love the first movie. The second one... Like, I'd been waiting for a second one for years. Like, every time I watched, you know, like, before Disney movies, they show you, you know, coming soon. And every time I'm like, oh, when is there going to be a Princess Diaries 2? When is there going to be a Princess Diaries 2? And finally, there was a Princess Diaries 2, but not nearly as good as the first one. Like, I saw it and it... Like, I almost pretend it doesn't exist because it takes away from the first one. Like, the Michael and Mia relationship. That's so integral to the first one. And they just, like, shoehorn him out of it. I was like, oh, yeah, he's, like, at school or whatever. He couldn't come over for the summer. And they put in freaking General Zod and the freaking guy from, from Star Trek, the reboot. That's her love interest. And I didn't give a crap about either one of them. The fairy tale ended when Michael and Mia broke up. Like, I will watch this movie. I will buy the Disney DVD, Disney Blu-ray, I guess, so it cost me like 40 bucks. I will buy all this crap. But I hope at some point she realizes she's meant to be with Michael and they get back together. Shy of that, I'm not going to be happy, but I'll live. All right, that's it. That's another episode of the coolest podcast ever, The Kenny Ho Show. Thank you for listening. Oh, as we're about to approach the Lindsay Fonseca sign-off, turns out she's engaged. That is some of the worst news I've heard in, like, two days. I mean, obviously, understand, I was never going to land me a Lindsay Fonseca, but still, made me want to slip my wrist a bit. But that's a slippery slope. Yeah, but good for her. This is her second marriage, and this one should work as, like, buddy she's getting married to. If he knows what's good for him, he's going to hang on to her, like, grim death. Like, he's going to try whatever she's into. If she's like, I want two dudes, all right. If she's like, I want you to try some gay stuff, I'm sure he'll be like, all right. Like the first dude, he was like a pretty player dude. So that's probably why it didn't work out. But this dude, I think he's like a smart, funny? Don't know if he's funny. He looks like a smart dude though. He'll hang on to her like grim death. So congrats, Lindsay and whatever the hell his name is. Doesn't even matter to me. He's dead to me as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, till next time, Lindsay Fonseca. I hope you're listening and I hope you're impressed. (sighs) Toodles.